I'm Kendall Holmes. I have Patrick Haig, Mr. Producer Dylan. Welcome to Sandwich Cast. Hello, welcome to Sandwich Cast, the podcast where we talk about sandwiches. Each episode, we highlight uh, a sandwich and explore it with the guest hosts. So on the mic with me, uh, I have Patrick Haig. Uh, I'm Kendall Holmes and Dylan Foreman. Uh, Mr. Producer Dylan is here with us again, as always. I do want to issue a disclaimer. Sandwich Cast is run by amateurs. I'm not a food historian or a researcher by profession, so there may be errors and we may need to issue corrections. Don't at me. Today, we have the singular Patrick Haig with us. I worked with Patrick in the past, and I can attest that he is a certified sandwich and soup master. I got to say that. Uh, what's been going on lately, Patrick? Tell us a bit about yourself. Oh, well, thanks for having me here, Kendall. Um, My pleasure. Yeah. Um, I'm a co-owner of uh, Alley Bakery in uh, downtown Cincinnati, where uh, we do mostly uh, French-style fermented uh, sourdoughs, uh, Levain-based breads, and uh, we do we do make sandwiches as well down there. Bread, I'm, I have to keep in my own larder. I have some right now. It's I eat it every morning. It's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think we do a pretty good job. Um, but- you know, being the uh, you know the vehicle for sandwiches, um, you know we get asked a lot about it, what we can do with it, um, and then we, we do make sandwiches at the shop at kind of a limited uh, capacity. So I love your sandwiches. I love like I love how you you do it too. How you know you make a few, and when they're gone, they're gone, and you and it just like you better come get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think we've all worked in kitchens, and you kind of. Uh, you know, you, you work to eliminate waste, and uh, you know, you work on a model that is when when well, we got it, we got some, it. Some people work yeah. to eliminate waste, I, and I, I love that. I love I love that philosophy, uh, particularly because in many ways that is how sandwiches developed. You know, I, I imagine that it was leftovers, and what do we do with these? How do we eat them the next day? How can we make them delicious again? Put it, put it, put it on some bread. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I, so Patrick and I work together at a fantastic, um, like kind of larder based restaurant. I'm not going to say the name. If you're in Cincinnati, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and Patrick was the chef there in charge of the food program. We also had a really great amount of beers and wines and just a really wonderful kind of food paradise in many ways. Um, it was a really special time when when it was open and I, I miss it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into a little bit. Um, a sandwich is the local expression of what people on the street at work and on the move eat. It's a package of flavors and textures. That is the concentrated culinary essence of the working and leisure class. Uh, most sandwiches, they consist of preserved, roasted or fried meats or hearty vegetables and sharp condiments often paired with or feature cheeses, another preserved food. Uh, fresh, soft flesh veggies like tomatoes, onion, and lettuce are added for textual contrast, moisture addition, and a palette of softer flavors upon which to spread the more intense, salty, and umami flavors of the preserved and cooked ingredients. I think that 
in 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 the last episode, we just kind of gave you an overview of what we were doing and how we were structuring this whole thing. And I realized that we hit a lot on the kind of like preserved nature of everything, and that's a big part of why sandwiches are what they are. It's you want them, you want the stuff to last. You want you know you get a pack of deli meat, you want it to be good for a week. You know, so having preserved foods is a big part of what makes a sandwich. Excuse me, excuse me. Is what makes a sandwich a sandwich. <laughs> I just had one. Excuse me. Um, so today we're going to talk about the ultimate preserved sandwich ingredient, ham. Pretty much every culture that raises pigs salts and dries the hind parts. You got to have that pig ass. It's so good. There's nothing better than some salted pig butt. Oh, hold on. Pig butt's <laughs> different. That's the shoulder. That's that, that's a uh, pork butt's the shoulder, right? I mean, depend. I mean, the the pork butt is technically the shoulder, but I mean, I think literally it is the it's pig's the ass. Butt. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. the pig's ass. Yeah, yeah. Or like the you know the glutes, the, the gluteus maximus, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, it's one of those things that if you are a culture raising pigs, it's a big cut of meat that can be easily salted and preserved because it's lean, one. It doesn't have, uh, like, fat, like, marbled in too much. It's usually, like, kind of a layer on top of the muscle. And that way, you, that salt gets into the muscle really, really easily and just, like, creates a nice, like, firm cut of meat that lasts a long time. Uh, so there's a couple of ways that people make ham in the world. Uh, three, basically. You can dry cure it. You can wet cure it. And you can smoke it. Now, it's e- it's going to be either dry cured or wet cured, no matter what. Some of them are smoked, some of them are unsmoked. But I'm going to say that those are like the three types of of ham. Can you explore wet curing for a second? Because oh, I've never heard of that. Oh, we can distinction. Get, we can we can explore wet curing. Absolutely. Uh, what you want to you want to handle that? Um, you know, so traditionally. Um, you would use some sort of uh, nitrate, whether that's like sodium nitrate or something like that. Um, a lot of times you'll have a vegetable brine. Um, so you'll be trying to balance out you know, your saltiness, your sweetness. The vegetables add kind of a vegetal backbone sweetness to it. Um, and that can be you know, brined. Typically, you know, you'll have like a little pump. And you'll kind of inject it every couple of days for anywhere between like five to eight to nine days, depending on the strength of your brine. At that point, you pull it out. And then kind of like what Kendall was saying, you can you can go a couple different ways with it from there. From there, you can kind of dry it out and uh, throw it on a smoker. Uh, those are sort of, you're kind of getting into sort of the German style, like black forest hams in that regard. Or, um, you know, you can poach it. Um, and, and cook it. And that kind of leads us to like sort of the French style. Ham. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep. So in my research, the divisions I found essentially were dry cured is usually, at least in Europe, it's usually salt only. They often, in like, particularly in Spain, in Italy, uh, some parts of Germany, they don't, they don't use too many nitrates. It's usually salt. And the salt does all the work and it just sucks that moisture out. And then they hang it for a while and it becomes, you know, this beautiful kind of like translucent situation that you slice really thin and you usually eat on a charcuterie plate or you can also, you know, create beautiful sandwiches with it. Um, Some examples are like uh, prosciutto de San Daniel, prosciutto de Parma, serrano ham from, um, from Spain. 
Black Forest actually is dry cured. There's also wet cured versions of that. Uh, Iberico and from China, Jinghua. Um, wet cured deli ham often does include nitrates. Uh, sometimes there are just some salt, just salted varieties. Um, and like Patrick was saying, more commercially produced hams often it's injected so they can so the cure goes quicker. But traditionally, you would let it sit in like a brine bath and it eventually seeps in. Uh, you know, that would be like city ham is what what we call it in America. Um, uh, Parisian ham again. Anyway, good enough. That's enough examples. <laughs> and then smoked ham is probably what we're most familiar with in America because that's like Smithfield ham. That's uh, like Benton's. If you ever, if you know that company, Benton's, they smoke their ham. Speck from Germany and parts of Italy is uh, smoked as well. That's a dry cure, then smoke. Delicious. Really good. I love Speck. Uh, Ice liquor ham is from um, Luxembourg, and that's a wet cure that's then smoked. So you can iterate and Com- combinate all this stuff up over and over again, and you can get all types of beautiful things. That's what that's what I loved about fermentation and curing. It's just like you vary you you vary one little thing here, you move one little ingredient over here, and you have a completely different product than you would have had over here. And I think that's how you get all the different varieties. Somebody's like, well, what if, or somebody's like, I don't have that. So what if I just did this? Or you know what? I got a bunch of this shit. Throw that in. You know. Got anything to add about like curing? Um, um, you know, I think kind of along the lines of what you were talking about earlier, we are moving away from, you know, a lot of people are at least moving away from using sodium nitrate and moving into using like naturally occurring nitrates, like uh, using celery salt, for celery, example. Yeah. And they have the same, honestly, they have the same effect. It's the same chemical. It is. Some some work a little bit more quickly. Some some people prefer, you know, the chemical stabilizers. Um but yeah, uh, I, that's what you know. I really, it really annoys me when you see like at the natural food store uncured bacon, uncured ham because it's just <laughs> it, it's still cured. Like just because you're using a natural ingredient does not mean that it's not cure, cured. You know, I, I don't I don't claim to be a food scientist in any in any way, shape, or form. But uh, I, I I have a lot of the same feelings that you do about this. It's it's marketing, and marketing can be so uh, dishonest sometimes. And here's the thing: if you're gonna, if if people are trying to, you know, not have nitrates, and you know, for whatever health reasons they think they don't want nitrates for, you can't like just lie to them and say it's uncured. It's cured just like any other commercially produced cured product. Um, now, I like the idea. Of using a natural nitrate source, sure. You know that's Absolutely. really cool because um, there's probably all other types of wonderful nutrients and other chemicals that piggyback along with that that provide flavor and other types of you know I don't know maybe curative effects as well. Um, now that being said, pink salt is awesome because you can dial it in as much as you need to. Well, I think kind of to your point. You know, when you're dealing with things that are uh, a, a fairly wild process, you know, whether it's you know fermenting, curing, things like that, um, you know, you want to eliminate as many variables as possible. Um, you know, for safety reasons, a lot of times. Um, you know, again, I'm no food scientist or anything, you know, along those lines, but you do have an exact idea of what all is going in there and, and, in, and in what amounts, so you have a little bit more control 
um, you know, when you when you are using something that is, you know, uh, balanced like that. Believe it. You may not be a food scientist, but you're a food practitioner and you you may not use a scientific process, but you do trial and error. You do test batches. You do things. You understand what that means. And, you know, I appreciate the humility, but, you know, may many a hams, uh, you know, have failed many a hams, oh, man. which is always <laughs> a bad, bad day. I've never made ham. I would like to do that one day. Actually, that's not true. I made um, I made Copa before. Okay, does that count? I guess because it's it's kind of a rolled ham sure. situation, we'll right? Count it. Yeah, it's not a it's not quite a sausage. It's mm-hmm. a, it's yeah, it's a ham. It's not you know it's is not it a belly. Did I use belly? People will make like shoulder de testa. You'll make it from shoulder. I made it know. from shoulder. That's sure. what I did. Yeah. All right. We'll call that a we'll call it a fucking ham. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> that works. That counts. You know. All right, it's cool. a whole muscle cured, uh, which I go. think is kind of a differentiating factor from the, you know a ground and cured you know force meat. Absolutely, and I've se- you know, and I feel like I've seen spec made from things that aren't the hindquarters as well. I think spec, and and I, th- I think spec is actually usually the front shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so the butt. The, there you go. Yeah. The butt. And and when we talk about the butt, it's usually like that's like a barbecue term, usually, right? It's like you, you mm-hmm. have pork butts are usually like smoke, smoked shoulders, right? Um, we'll get to barbecue one day. Maybe we'll have your brother on. Be a good one to have on for sure. Oh yeah, uh, maybe for like pulled pork sandwiches or mm-hmm. you know, well brisket is his. He, brisket, he's a brisket man. He's a brisket man. But I don't want bread. I don't. I don't need. I don't need bread with my brisket man. I just want. Nah. I just want the damn brisket. Pickles and onions. You know what Keep I'm your own sauce. I'll have salt and pepper, and that's it. That's it. Maybe that like fucked up piece of white bread on the bottom of the uh, thing. Yeah, but it's like underneath. (laughs) So, you know, it's just basically barely survive. It's like that uh, that chip in your nachos that you put in at the beginning. Yeah. It's just waiting for it at the very end. It's absorbed everything. Yeah, it's got everything Mm -hmm. on it. You know what I mean? That's just barbecue bread slurry at the end. Exactly. That's the hood spot. Yeah. It's it's like that Wonder Bread. It's like, what is this sponge down here? Mm -hmm. Mm. All right. Well, we're not talking about barbecue today. We're talking about ham sandwiches. Though, you know, closely related, I'd say. Now, Patrick, I brought you on originally to talk about the Parisian ham and butter sandwich, the, the jambon bear. Um, but I realized in my research that, you know, that might have been a little narrow. But I don't want to neglect that one because Jesus Christ is that a good fucking sandwich. Damn it straight. is the essence of simplicity, mm-hmm. um, which means that you got to have really fantastic ingredients when you make it. Um, how do you make yours? Well, at our shop, you know, we start with, you know, baguettes that are just hours out of the oven, which, you know, outside of the ham, you know, is probably the most important part. I'd agree. Um, you know, some people, we have, you know, we'll give a little bit of pushback. Oh, the baguette's too chewy. You know, it's, it's you know, I don't like eating this. Like, it's hard on my teeth, which... I understand, but the struggle is part of you know the pleasure. You know, it's without, also something that you want to be able to like maybe put down and come back to, and oh, you need something a little durable. Absolutely, it's a great you know it, it's the ultimate picnic sandwich number one, and that's why you know you find them on every corner you know in Paris. Like when you get off the airport, they're on in stacks. You know, at, at you know the your Parisian Starbucks equivalent, like on every corner. Um, you just grab them and go pick them up. Put them down as you you know go about your day, and and you don't have to really worry about you know oh do I, did I get that in the refrigerator in time or it's going to melt all over no or anything like that. 
you know, a properly made Jamalbert is is you know is a self-contained unit, without a doubt. And it's funny, I was reading something. Uh, definitely, uh, at least until recently, the most popular sandwich in France, at least in Paris, uh, recently surpassed by the hamburger, mm. which mm. you know, fair enough. A hamburger is fantastic. It goes hard. Yeah, and um, you know, but that being said, the Jamalbert. Uh, I think it's a 19th century invention. I think it's like comes came out came around around then. Though I imagine it's probably has like we were talking about last time. There's some version of it that's probably always been around in Gaul and you know where whoever around butter and ham making people. You know what I mean? Um, but I love me a jamon bear, and it reminds me of picnics and you know getting a quick lunch on the go, but you look at this thing, you're like, I think I need to sit down and enjoy this. Like you you're like you're like on your way to something and it's like, nah, I need to I need to handle this real quick. Like <laughs> I just I love this guy's understanding of this sandwich being like you know, people complain it's hard to eat, but it has to fight you a little bit. A little like bit. Like a sandwich yeah. that's yeah. going to kick back on yeah. you. Yeah. And you know, as it sits a little bit, the butter kind of soaks into the bread. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have it wrapped a little bit, the moisture kind of spreads out a little bit in it, you know, and it becomes a little easier to eat the the more it sits, to be Absolutely. honest. Like, uh, you know, we, we've we've had people come in and like, hey, we, can, you, can you pop this in the oven? And we just say no. Like Fuck if I, no. If I put that in the oven, number one, the butter's all going to run out onto our you know the decks of the oven, but also you're you're really just sort of ruining the the whole structure and architecture of the sandwich by doing it that way. It's important that the butter be a semi solid kind of situation, especially at the beginning. Yes. And as you work through it, it does soften. But like like you said, when you when you when you cut a cross section of it, you should have a very distinct butter line Absolutely. of demarcation between sort of your bread. And you know the ham on yeah. the inside, and it, you know it's a it's um it's a cold cut sandwich. You know it's not a it's not a it's not a hot sandwich. You know it's something that's meant to be enjoyed room temperature. Sure, yeah, I love that sandwich. It's one of my favorite iterations of the ham sandwich, and I think that you know that's a good segue into talking about variations on this on this type of thing. Um, I got a couple. I probably missed some. Um, well. We got the ham and cheese. I mean, that's just like that's classic. That's OG. A, that's English. That's an English thing, and we've done it in America ever since we uh, kicked them out of America. I think, um, and it usually is you know deli ham, like that that wet cure we were talking about, smoked or not, uh, some type of cheese. Often I see it with Swiss. Um, you know, sometimes cheddar, some, sure. you know, uh, lettuce, tomato, onion, mayo. Mustard on mine, please. Sure. Another one of my favorite iterations is the croque monsieur. My God, what a fantastic sandwich. You'll usually find this at a bistro, and it's kind of like, it's what we were talking about last time. It's a knife and forker. Okay. It's, it's like oh, the yeah. Kentucky hot brown. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a ham and cheese sandwich covered in bechamel and cheese and put in the broiler so it gets all bubbly and whatnot. Um, and there's a variation called a croque madame that has a, a egg on top. Um, I love a madame. I, that's probably how I'd want it mostly. But a croque monsieur by itself is fantastic. Um, there's an abomination called a Monte Cristo. 
<laughs> it's uh, I can't think of a better way to ruin both French toast and a ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> Never thought about it like that, but yeah, I think I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. Um, but it is, I'd say, like an Americanization of the croque monsieur. Uh, it's disgusting, everybody. At me, please. I'll fight you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite iterations of a ham and cheese. Uh, and this is like, maybe because it's like childhood, but I love a grilled ham and cheese. Oh, that's it. Fucking grilled cheese with just like a little slice of ham in there. That's it. Done. Let me eat that. Give me some Kool-Aid. I'm going back out to play. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That and ramen were the first things I was able to make for myself as a kid. Yes, sir. And so, you know, everything's already in the fridge. Mom and dad aren't home from, you know, from work yet. That's, that's, those are your oh, yeah. options. That's that 80s latchkey kid life, man. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's what it was like. <laughs> um, a thing I see a lot is like, especially living in New York City, is the ham and egg. Um, so, you know, every bodega in New York City, you can get a bacon, egg, and cheese. You can get a sausage, egg, and cheese. And you can get a ham, egg, and cheese. In Jersey, they have a pork roll, uh, also known as Taylor ham. So it's, what is it? It's like a ham bologna hybrid, kind of. Um, you know, I probably should have should have looked this up a little bit, but uh, it is a like a whole cut. But okay. it's it's like it's a pro, it's processed. Sure, it's yeah, a processed yeah. meat. But it's a Jersey classic. Probably comes in a square. It comes in a roll, man, okay. like a fucking log, man. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a. Um, you know, like a big bologna. You mm-hmm. know? It is bologna, actually. It's 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 a force meat. Yes, sure. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that on an egg roll, on an egg with on a, I'm sorry, with egg on a Kaiser roll, Jersey classic. And yes, ketchup, please. Absolutely. Um, a panini, I feel like, is one of those things that often has some type of Italian ham on it, uh, prosciutto, you know, that type of thing. You can get a panini with anything on it. But I feel like the classic panini is like prosciutto, a little bit of like provolone or something like that, uh, maybe some arugula in there, pressed, boom, here you go, get out of here. Have an Aperol spritz. Sounds good to me. Yes, please. Yeah. All right. We also have a couple of like ham hybrid sandwiches. Now, I only came up with two, but there's probably more. And the two that I could think of are the Cubano uh, or the Media Noche. Sure. And that's roast pork, ham, pickles, mustard, and usually Swiss cheese or some type of, maybe some type of... Usually Swiss cheese, yeah. yeah. Maybe there's a Cuban cheese that they use uh, like in Miami and Cuba. but uh, And then it's panini, usually, or just griddled sometimes. Uh, fucking fantastic. I love... Cuban roast pork, pernil, I think is what they call it. Uh, slow roasted pork shoulder, like eight to 10 hours, falling apart. And then it gets a little bit of crispy when they put it on. A, Goddamn, I want one now, Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, I want one now. Well, and, and for those, I mean, they have a very specific bread that they make for, I mean, a Cuban roll. Is that roll. the bo- 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 What is it? Well, it's got, you know, you, traditionally it'll have a little bit of uh, lard in it. And that's what gives it that nice, like, like when they when they press it down, and it gets that nice sort of like yes. sheen and crispiness on the outside of it. Uh, you know, traditionally those those rolls are made with a little bit of uh, lard in them. Nothing like it. Uh, and the other thing I thought of was a cordon bleu. Um, so cordon bleu can be a sandwich or it can be a dish. Um, typically, it's a chicken breast rolled with. Um, 
uh, ham inside and bread and like usually brie, I believe is usually inside or some brie, type of some, cheese, some sort of French and then cheese, breaded, fried cordon bleu sandwich usually is a fried chicken patty with a piece of ham on it and some Swiss cheese. Uh, I feel like in the nineties, every fast food restaurant had some iteration of this sandwich. Like Burger King's cordon bleu, come and get it, you know, two ninety nine. you know? And it was always like, this is our fancy oh, yeah. sandwich, you know? Um, and I've had really good versions at like a bistro or, you know, sure. some cafe somewhere. Um, not much to go wrong with there. No, not really. Absolutely. Especially, you know, give me some mayonnaise. Give me maybe some like honey mustard. Yeah, honey mustard, I I'm think, cool is, with that. is like some sort of mustardy kind of situation. Yes, please. Need something a little sharp. Listen, there's not much I don't want as a mustardy situation. Mm. You know, I know a lot of people who hate mustard. I don't get it. Probably not friends with them. No, I am. And you're friends Ooh. with them, too. Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about that off yeah. the air. <laughs> Stokely, if you're listening. Oh, man. Fair. But I get it. He's got a good reason. He was traumatized by mustard as a kid. I understand. Um, what am I missing, man? I mean, I feel like, you know, those are like the general categories, but there's so much out there, you know? You know, I didn't mention, you know, Chinese ham, Xinhua. Um I think maybe because it's not often in a sandwich. Um, okay. If you had even, you know, th- first off, there's not a ton of Chinese sandwiches that we eat here in America. Sure. There are Chinese sandwiches, and there's and it's a common street food. Um, one I used to get, I used to go to this spot in New York called, um, called, uh, oh, why am I blanking on it there? Uh, anyway, it was Western Chinese food. Uh, so food closer to like Mongolia and India. And they use a lot of lamb there. They cook with a lot of cumin, a lot of caramelized onions. And they had what they call a lamb burger. And it was literally like this flatbread and this like braised lamb with cumin and onions. There it is, like in like a kind of a brownish kind of sauce. And it was like a loose meat sandwich. Uh, Four bucks, bro. When I was broke. Solid. Man. And they had a lamb ball. Okay, let me stop. So <laughs> really good. Um, and somebody out there, I, I'm totally blanking on this place. I used to go there all the time. Um, email me. Let me know, please. But I feel like if you have a like, you know, a steamed bun or something, it's usually like pork belly or like you know, you know, char shoe or something like that in it. Right. Not typically ham. Now, please, anybody who knows differently, let me know. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, that's an avenue I'd like to explore. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chinese cuisine is probably my favorite cuisine in the world. I I love Chinese food so much. I love almost all aspects of it. Uh, you know, there's some textures that, you know, are hard for me to get with, you know. And, it, you know, I think we talked about it last time, but it, um, Asian cultures love that like kind of slippery texture, mm-hmm. like, like tendon a, and tendon. Yeah, and you see it a lot in Japan too. They love like the natto and like the, you know, uh, like the silky tofu, and that can get a little a little gaggy for me sometimes. But um, I'm always willing to try something. Sure. Definitely. You got anything to add to that? Any other variations you could think of? Not not really variations. I think when I was thinking about this, I was just thinking about. Um, I think they're. Uh, more sort of like subsets of you know ham, like you know a, a, a country ham biscuit. Oh, um, how can I forget that? That's you know that's 
uh, I mean, biscuits being one of my, you know, you could put just about anything on a biscuit and, and we're going to be just fine out here. And we are in biscuit country. Right. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, different kind of biscuits now. Sure. You know, I've sure. lived, you know, in the Northeast and their biscuits are not, well, you know, anybody. But they're a little eats. more, um, they're a little more like rolls, right? They're yeah. Like they're not so cake, uh, cakey. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get to, you know, Southern, you get, I mean, you you know, you get go a little bit further south than we're at now, and you know, you start getting into like drop biscuits, and then then it's like laminated biscuits, and there's there's just a whole different biscuit culture out there. But sounds like we need a biscuit cast. Ah, uh, man, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be wrong not to, <laughs> or at least a biscuit episode. Right, I mean, we can probably probably get that oh, going yeah. sometime. Yeah, I proposed to my wife over a plate of homemade biscuits. Hell so, yes, uh, you know, biscuits are are will always be near and dear to me. But a country ham biscuit. Um, you know, either by itself with some red eye gravy or pimento cheese. And that was another question I had for you, kind of unrelated, but, you know, still kind of tangentially in the same. Is pimento cheese a condiment? Ooh. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, it's, it's so one of the big things we were discussing was kind of the categorization of this. Yeah. One of the things I'd love to do, Patrick, um, at some point on this podcast is get like an actual biological taxonomist on oh, and, <laughs> and help me like categorize out these different sandwiches where we end up talking about. And, you know, I guess you have to get a little granular in that sense too. Um, and I think a lot of times the answer is it depends Okay. You know, because I've had a pimento cheese sandwich. Of course. It's the, it's the it's the key ingredient. Right. And is it a condiment at that point? No, it, it is the sandwich, you know? Sure. Um, now, in the opening, when I was kind of talking about what constitutes a sandwich, I did separate out cheese and condiment. So I think I would probably call it an ingredient over a condiment because it is a vehicle— it, I think it's hybridized. I think it's some hybrid hybrid thing because uh, I think what when we talk about condiments, what you're talking about is a flavor vehicle. Right? Sure, you know it doesn't add a lot of texture. It doesn't add. It adds moisture, mm-hmm. and that's a big part of it too, for sure. But what what you're getting out of spreading mustard and mayo is a flavor enhancer. You know, you got that's the that's the kick of umami that really matters when you're talking about. Why is this sandwich so damn good? You know? Now, of course, cured meats, cheese, they are full of umami. They all have that. But they don't often have a ton of acidity. They don't often have a ton of moisture, you know, unless you're talking about, you know, a, a wet cured ham or something like that. Like you said, it's that that sharpness Sharps. that you want out of them. Yeah. Yep. And pimento cheese has kind of all that. It has a little bit of sharpness. It has uh, some, but it also provides texture. You mm-hmm. know, it's not it's not a completely thin layer of condiment. I mean, I spent a good five minutes thinking about is pimento cheese, if it is a is a condiment, is it the only standalone condiment that it has its own sandwich? And that just ruined me for about five minutes. Yeah, earlier. man, you're kind so, of fucking me up a little bit, bro. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, we, you know, like I said, that may be a question for your taxonomist well, later on. But I ain't eating a fucking mayonnaise sandwich. Right. <laughs> Don't or act, a mustard sandwich. I mean, it's happened before. Now, there's a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. That's but that's a different thing. That, uh, oof, that's that, a bridge too far. That predates the peanut butter and jelly. That's the original depression food right mm. there. And you could throw some. I'm depressed s- thinking about depression that. Depression is right. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> you want to get more depressed? You could throw some pickles on it. 
Oh. Throw some salami on it. Oh, man. Some sardines. Just, just as many calories as I can get in the Sounds like my grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did he? Did he? Did he live through the depression? Uh, I mean, yeah. They, but like, like you know, even my dad, time. you know, has picked up some of his eating habits, and so you're just like, all of a sudden, I'd be looking over, and he's got a like a sleeve of saltines <laughs> and like mustard herring, and you're like, oh, bro, that sounds fine to me. It's not. I mean, it's really not bad, <laughs> but it's a little jarring when you yeah. just kind of look over, and he's going just like crushing a whole sleeve of saltines <laughs> and his diet caffeine-free Coke. Bro, that is some old uh, man-ass food right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's like that's like Midwestern as hell. I I mean, I you know, I think that it probably comes from sort of that European, uh, you know, influence that we've got here. Yeah. Um, you know, from but those. Solid dust bowl cuisine. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> Solid dust bowl cuisine. <laughs> Dorothy Lang, uh, what's her name? Yeah, Dorothy Lang, the, the mm-hmm. photographer. Um, yeah. Uh, to answer your question, I, I think that pimento is like it's squarely in a, in a hybridized zone. It's it's the it's a it's an armadillo. It's a it's a it's an ant eater. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. It's weird. You know, um, it's also it's also a, a like a prepared ingredient. You know, it's a it's a salad almost of sorts. You know, you kind of <laughs> You shred your cheese, you add your, your peppers, you add your, you know, pro- what, mustard, I think, in there. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe a little mustard. bit of like wine vinegar or something. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a conglomerate situation, you know? I mean, I mean, so is mayonnaise, so is mustard, I guess. It all depends. It just happens. They do that at the factory when right. they would do that at home, you know? So that's a good question. Um, ham and pimento sandwiches are a thing. I've seen those before, particularly on Oh, Instagram. yeah. Absolutely. Um, when you when you mentioned the ham biscuit, the first thing I thought of was I forget where I was in New York, but they had a ham biscuit and it had fig jam and really thinly sliced Benton's ham on it. And Benton's ham, where are they? Tennessee? So no, I didn't. Where are they? I didn't think it's Tennessee. I think they're in Tennessee. It's American ham. But it's got a particularly like prosciutto-ish kind of like texture to it. And this and that must be because they cure it raw. I think so. Um a lot of hams in America are either are cured than cooked. Um, but Benton's ham, they dry cure it and they hang it and then they smoke it. And damn, that sandwich was so good. Oh, there was a slice of cheddar on it too. And that was really damn Why not? good. Yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those things where the biscuit was warm. They had the, the fig jam on it, and they just kind of put everything between the warm, warm biscuits, and it cut the cheese got a little melty, you right. know, and but the ham was still kind of room temperature. It was perfect. That's almost one of those you want to wrap up in foil and like put in your bag yeah. and eat it about like ten minutes later when Absolutely. you got to where you're going. That's it. Yeah, yep. and that's how you that's how you would often enjoy that one. Yeah. So um, was that diner somewhere somewhere up there in Brooklyn? I can't remember. Um, I've smoked a lot of weed. Um, All right. So one thing I do want to do is kind of put everything we talk about into a category at some side, you know, and this is a very Western exercise. I realize not everything is categorizable, but I like the idea of having a sandwich like family tree and a taxonomy in that way. Um, So this being the first like sandwich that we've discussed uh, what 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 are some of like the general kind of sandwiches categories you might you might come up with? Um, I think 
instantly, you know, it also, we've also talked about a lot of different ham sandwiches. So, you know, not all of these are going to go into one category. But if we're talking about the standard, like, you know, jambon bear, the ham and cheese at the deli, that type of thing, we're talking about a cold cut sandwich. Sure. Yeah. And I think maybe where you can kind of start breaking off into trees is like you just start with like hot sandwich, cold sandwich. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you kind of can kind of start working backwards from there. Yeah. Um, Definitely have I, to do like subcategories with with the particular meat. Cause oh, like for sure. Within hot and cold, then you got the, the subcategories of like, you know, walk, swim, fly. Yep. meats, you know what I mean? Yep. Like your different proteins are going to be wildly different sandwich right. experiences. Because like, you know, I can have a, a pastrami and cheese sandwich, but I can have it hot or cold. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, hot, please. Thank you. Yeah. You know, but, mm. you know, <laughs> but you can just have it like as a deli sandwich. And, you know, that's still pretty good, you know, depending on where you Here's the thing, though. If I, if I get a pastrami sandwich hot, I want that bitch piled up high, like at the Jewish deli, where it's like, yo, how am I supposed to eat this? But if I get it cold, I want a thinner layer of meat. You know what I'm saying? I don't want so much meat in a cold sandwich because it, it it firms up, you know, and it's a little harder to bite. I feel like this will probably come into play, you know, as you explore the world of sandwiches. But yeah. sandwich architecture is really important. Key. And, you know, one of the most overlooked components of, like, making a sandwich. Like, yes, you can have all the ingredients in the right places and your meat's cut the right way, your cheese cut the right way, it's on there. But where it lands in the sandwich, uh, you know, structure really plays into how that sandwich is, you know, uh, enjoyed by, you know, the sandwicher. There was a spot in uh, Manhattan called Lenny's. I think it's called Linwich now, which is dumb as fuck. But anyway, it used to be called Lenny's. And it was started by a Korean immigrant named Lenny Chu. And Lenny sent every one of his employees to sandwich school. And before they could ever make a sandwich, they had to learn how to build this bitch. And let me tell you, no matter how you bit the Lenny sandwich, it did not. Nothing flew out the ass end of the sandwich. It all stayed because... He didn't put slippery ingredients next to each other. He didn't, um, you know, pile on too much of, you know, the mayonnaise. You know, he didn't, you know, it was all very structured. And you can, if you, if you look like behind the counter, they had their little, their little key card of how you're supposed to build it. And it's important, you know, because that sandwich eating experience is ruined if all your meat comes flying out the back of it. Oh, yeah. You know? Or, or if you have like, a you know a wet tomato pressed up against you know your your bread yeah. that's either not toasted or something like that you know as soon as you bite into that sandwich you you, you start the clock on on you know that thing falling yeah. apart it's in your dying. hands yeah, yeah it's, and we've all had sandwiches where you're, you pick it up and you're like well I gotta I, I'm eating this whole thing before I put it down because yeah. uh, this thing is not gonna survive yep. landing yep um, or like I can't stand a dry ass sandwich man. It is important that you put enough condiments on that thing, man. And it's hard to know what enough is. It's a little bit more than you think, but not as much as, you know, not enough to, like, wet it up, you know? Um, you know, Jersey Mike's does a pretty good job of that, you know? If when, I say, when I say mayonnaise, I'm like, oh, and I'm like, you know what? No, let me let, me let them do, do their thing. You're the professional here. You know what? I'm going to just take a step back. Yeah, let's take a step back because it is always good. So yep. um, that's a very, very, very uh, good observation, Patrick. One of those things about structure that um, 
one of those like structural innovations that I've seen lately. Um, and I've been doing it for years and so have many people, but you put some potato chips in there and nothing's going nowhere. No, nah, you're all right. Yeah. No, you're, it'll, it creates like a nice, especially the ridge potato chips, creates mm. like nice friction, some crunch. Mm. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially on a ham sandwich. Cool. So obviously cold cuts is a huge category of sandwich. And I think that in general, this fits squarely into that. Um, you know, now if we're talking about something like a croque monsieur, what is that? An open faced or that it's a, a not, well, it's not open face actually. It's actually. It's closed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean it's, it's more a, of like a composed you yeah, know, sandwich. It's a dish at that point. Yeah. Really. yeah like it's a, a, I like that idea. It's a, it's a sandwich dish. Yeah. Sandwich yeah. dish. So, you know, you're and you know, it's kind of what we were talking about last time. You, you know, we're talking about eating versus cuisine oftentimes. And sandwiches, for the most part, fall squarely in the eating category. But it does kind of slide in the cuisine when you're talking about things like the Kentucky Hot Brown and the Croque Monsieur and things like that. Because the only place I really know where to get a Croque Monsieur is a French or a Belgian bistro. You know, or a place that's like, we make a Croque Monsieur, you know. Um, But for the most part, French or Belgian bistro. Um, and you know, a grilled ham and cheese is clearly a hot grilled sandwich. I think that is its own category, you know, um, you were talking about the pimento sandwich. And when I was doing research, uh, about peanut butter and jelly, which will be a, uh, episode we do very soon, I realized that there was a whole category of paste sandwiches. Mm. So peanut butter and jelly falls squarely into that. Right. Uh, pate sandwiches, pimento sandwiches, those types of things. And it's, you know, it is what it says. It's paste on a bread, you know. Uh, oftentimes, you don't really need anything else. You know, you can put lettuce and tomato and stuff in there, but you'll probably ruin it because those things are often fairly delicate in flavor. And you don't want to complicate it too much. You're probably trying to mask something mask a poor ingredient if you're putting all that stuff on there absolutely now that being said i do like sprouts on my pate sandwich now that's probably the californian in me but (laughs) i don't know something something about some that sounds a little crunchy uh but i mean like a uh uh a bon me you know yeah exactly i mean you got sprouts you got you know raw jalapenos you got Cucumbers, you got carrots, and those are definitely like enhancers on that kind of For sandwich. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of want to walk walk back my previous comments about masking, you know, the paste that's on a sandwich. If you get like a good, it's true, you know, like, but you know, balmy is 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 very hybridized in that way because sure. it's, it's you know, yeah, it's the paste, but there's also some some cuts on there too, right? Um, and honestly. For me, half of the the point of the bomb meat is the vegetables. Like, sure, that's like a big like those the pickled daikon and carrots oh, yeah. are. Give me that, please. Yep. Um, and give me the cilantro. Don't, Got to don't don't sleep. Got to have that. stems on it. Better have the stems, right? You know, because that's crunch. Yeah, you know, that's texture. Um, and you know, I often don't get the classic bomb meat. I usually get the roast, like the grilled pork mm-hmm. version. Sure, um, I just love that, like roasty. Like grilly flavor, sure. Um, and uh, you know, give me any bomb meat, really. Like, yes, please. 
There used to be a really good spot down on Court Street. I oh, remember Lee's Fun. Lee's is the best. Lee's. It was, nothing, it was the best $6 lunch you could the get. The best, man. In the state of Ohio, I'm yeah. pretty sure. He was an old man, and he was he was over it. I get it. Well, his daughter was running it, and she was she was so good at her job. Oh, man. That it was one of those things where you would just sit there and order and watch this woman be so damn good at her job that you just like I like you just want to clap. She would have like eight people in line. They did pho. They did new people's hit. names. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh man, it oh, was that she type would, of spot. Yeah, and uh, I I get why she was just like you know what. Well, she had a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. You know, I, but I miss that place terribly. That I used to go, go there on my way down to the. It was right down the street from the main library. So yes, that was uh I I would always park in that little Court Street you know a lot and hit Lee's and then hit the library. Well, you know, ever since they Damn, like renovated, oh man, the place is so great. Um, and I was working down there at the time, so I used to go down there all the time. Ever since they've um, like retooled Court Street, there's actually a lot of great spots um, oh, yeah. that have opened up along there. Uh, we were at Mid City a couple weeks ago. Mike Sankovich so is always doing it well. Um, I love speaking of great sandwiches. The scrap sandwich at Longfellow, fantastic, sandwich. one of my favorite in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it pretty much is what it sounds like. It's like a like really thinly sliced different cuts i think just kind of whatever they have that day right uh slight piece of lettuce mustard it's and you know it's super simple and it's on a baguette and it's one of those things where like why is this so good i mean this is you know and it's it's the it's the it's it's the sum of the ingredients you know it's it's a really good ingredients that's what it is you have your cocktail with it yes please absolutely cool um, so, you know, I mean, that's a good start. I mean, you know, there's um, cold cut sandwiches. We kind of have the dish sandwich. I like that. I like that way of putting it, the, you know, the cuisine sandwich. We have grilled sandwiches uh, and we have a press sandwich. We have two of them, actually. We have the panini and we have the uh, cubano. Uh, I think that and grilled sandwiches are probably, you know, they're very close cousins, obviously, maybe brother and sister, even. You know, they, it, you just need a specialized equipment for the press sandwich. He, right. And I, and I do think what maybe one of the, the differentiating factors is like, is, is comes down to the bread because like a good grilled cheese, uh, sliced you know, bread. Yeah, sliced bread, obviously. And you don't want to put any pressure on top of it. You know, you want to cook a grilled cheese like nice and slow. Uh, you know, a good, like a properly made grilled cheese sandwich. In a like a nonstick pan should be made with a lid and should take about like twelve to sixteen minutes to make. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, like give me- or take. Like medium low. Medium low. Yep. 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 Medium low. And you know you butter each side Always of the bread. Rush mine. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We and we've all done it and we've Always all been like, mine. God damn it. <laughs> and then uh, I press it. I'm like, ah. Oh. Yep. But like it should the, the the sandwich should still retain like the the bread should still have like a little fluff to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that, but with you know the panini, you know you want you want some pressure on there because yeah. you're looking for that kind of Maillard reaction on the outside of the bread, too. right? And it's more and it's more like usually more structural bread too. Like right. you, the um, the crust of the bread is around the whole sandwich, not just on the edge like the grilled cheese. It's not it's not sliced in that way, and that's important too because it needs to hold up to that pressing. Right, very important. That's a good point. So here's a question as far as sandwich categorization. If we start talking about something like a charcuterie board, mm-hmm. is you know cured meat and cheese on a cracker with a little bit of mustard on top of it? Is that does that fit into the category of sandwich itself, or is it just a miniaturized version of sandwiches? I see what you're getting at. Um, I would probably say no, 
because of the nature of the origin of it. That ain't working class food. No. You know what I'm saying? That's not, I mean, maybe in France it is. I don't know. Like, but it's, it, it is leisure food. I will say that it's, it's, sure. it's, a, it's, a, it's happy hour food. You go, you go to the, the, the wine bar, the pub at the end of the day, and you have a, a board with meat and cheese on it. Um, but hors d'oeuvre sandwiches in general, would they be their oh, own like thing? Little canapes and like, yeah. Um, I mean, a is that just a mini version? A sandwich is a sandwich. I mean, I, I did have on my list of episodes to do like a tea sandwich episode. Um, tea sandwiches are their own specific <laughs> type of thing, and they and they are very like delicate and usually paste sandwiches. Actually, sure. cream cheese and and cucumber, uh, you know, pimento. You know, um, like they usually are very like delicate vegetarian. Uh, and they pair well with tea, you know, or a glass of wine or something like that. I, 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 that's a really interesting question. Um, I like the idea of, of thinking about that. And it, it kind of led me to think while you guys were just talking, like, you kind of need to set out to make a sandwich. Like, if you're sitting yeah. down to have a charcuterie board, like, you're sitting down to have, like, you can have the things individually. Uh, you know, you have your cheese, you can make your cracker with your mustard and, all, and your you know, cornichon on there, but you can't really deconstruct a sandwich without ruining that, like, that sandwich. It's kind of more than the sum of its parts, right? Right, yeah, yeah. The sandwich itself is the entity. Right. You know, and um, the charcuterie board is about those individual ingredients. I think that's a good distinction. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good, Uh, that was an interesting question. That's good, good I like that. And that, that being said, though, I do totally have the impulse whenever I'm eating a charcuterie board to have everything on each cracker. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and I gotta remember, like, oh wait, no, 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 that's that's like that's really for the bread, or sorry, that's really for the cheese, and this part's really for the meat. Like, but I want every, I want the bite to have everything in, right? It because exactly. um, I love sandwiches. Clearly, yeah, uh, good, good question, and. That is like totally in the spirit of what we're doing, right? Because the philosophy uh, of sandwiches. Absolutely, oh, yeah, man. absolutely. You know, if I'm gonna say sushi is a fucking sandwich, then people are gonna be so mad at that. <laughs> Wait, sushi's a sandwich, but I put ham on a cracker God and it's damn. not a fucking sandwich. <laughs> yeah, God damn it, it is. Now, I, is a cracker? I mean, can, can I was you gonna have ask sandwiches on a cracker? I mean. Because it is like you, like we were talking about before. There's it's a carb, yeah. So if we're gonna say that a carb wrap around the meats and cheeses is enough to constitute a sandwich, a cracker does fit that. It keeps yeah. your hands out of that's the, a slippery slope. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, then you then you start thinking about tacos as sandwiches. Hey, bro. Listen Confirmed. to episode one. Okay. Confirmed. All right. All right. Tacos Fair a sandwich. Enough. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna piss off every culture. I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm here for it. <laughs> you know, like a euro. Like there's, there, I mean, euro there's so many. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of different. So I guess that you know, In like fact, if you're you really talk just, about a euro, flatbread sandwiches is the ur sandwich. We were doing that before anything. Sure. No, Sorry. I mean, yeah, no, that that tracks. I, I mean, that that's. I guess I need to do a little soul searching on this. Uh, you know, this search, is a conversation right? my brother and I have had. Way more times than I care to admit, and not really settled on. He he feels very firmly one way. I won't put him out like that. No, it's fine. We can talk to him later on, <laughs> yeah, on yeah. a different episode. But you know, I I do think there's kind of I feel weird putting wraps and sandwiches together because oftentimes, uh, you know, you can get something. Oh, would you like? Especially you know these days where people are a little bit more carb conscious. Oh, would you like that as a wrap? 
And you're like, nah, I don't want that as a wrap. No, I also don't want a Caesar, like a chicken Caesar salad sandwich necessarily. Yeah, yeah, you know not, what I mean? Not, not really, yeah. I mean, not wanting it and it not being a sandwich are two different things. It's like when it's like when people say, well, that's not art. Well, yes, it is. You just don't like it. That's different, you know? Um, hmm. So we went okay. over, so here's, here's, you know, we did this in the last episode, but since you haven't listened to it yet, because it's not, not, uh, it's not posted yet, I think the best way to illustrate it and why all that stuff falls into uh, sandwiches to, is to compare it to a dumpling, okay? So a sandwich, in my definition, is prepared ingredients put together in some type of carb wrap. Or not even a carb wrap. It could, a lettuce wrap is a sandwich, too. You know, it's a, it's a fucked up sandwich, but <laughs> it's a sandwich, you know? Um, and, you know, you should, you should be whipped for that, but it's fine, you know? So you really now, take it as like the, of the sandwich is like the verb. Things sandwiched between other things. That's kind of okay. a good way to put it. Yeah, right. it, 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 yeah it's more like a verb. It's, it's, like, um, it's like how people should really be thinking about democracy. <laughs> it's a thing we do and we sure. are actively working at. Right. We sandwich. Could I sandwich that? Yeah, there you go. There we go. And a dumpling is a similar idea, but all the ingredients are cooked together. You know, so a sandwich, All everything's right. already prepared and you assemble. A dumpling, you assemble and then cook. You know, uh, it's a it's a version of a pie. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, a pie and a sandwich, I think, are, are, you know, when we're talking about wrapped, you know, things wrapped in carbs. Those are kind of the two, you know, that's the father and the son. You know, I don't know what the Holy Spirit would be. But... <laughs> <laughs> You know what I Charcuterie mean? boards. It's exactly. <laughs> Cheese crackers at the vending machine. That's the that's the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. So for me, you know, it all kind of diverges from there and splits off, and then probably recombines here and there because we're talking about like pasties from Michigan. Sometimes you put those on bread. Now you got a dumpling sandwich. We're all confused, you know, or like a Jamaican beef patty, you know, on cocoa bread. It's a sandwich. But it's a dumpling inside this sandwich. What are we doing here? Oh, my God. You know? So uh, it all hybridizes. It all comes back around on itself, um, which is why I don't want to be too rigid about these categories. And I want to be as inclusive as possible because, you know, and that's another thing. I think people get hung up on the word sandwich because it's a English word coined by an English earl, you know, and somebody from other cultures like, well, that's y'all shit. It's not, it's not a sandwich, but I don't have another word that I can universally apply across cultures. So I just use sandwich as a placeholder to mean this kind of filled, prepared food item. Okay. So I don't know if I've convinced you, but you haven't. That's okay. We, you know, <laughs> I, I, I would, I'm going to have to listen and digest a little yeah. bit more. I don't know how I feel to be honest with you. Fair. I've still got, like I said, I got some soul searching to do on this Fair topic. Enough. And on that, on, on that note, a hot dog's a sandwich. So you know, he didn't like I, that one. I'm just going to let that lay there. <laughs> I'm just going to let that lay there. Um, <laughs> oh. We can move on. <laughs> All right. So I got a couple questions for you. Sure. Do you like ham sandwiches? I do, do. You eat them. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I do. Me too. It's a great. It's a great sandwich. It's like, it's one of the better versions of of the sandwich category, and I think it's one of those things that 
is so, you know, the ham itself is so malleable and so applicable that we've already created four or five categories just on this episode alone, you know? Well, and there's, it, it just sort of presents itself in a lot of different contexts too. Like you can have your Lashkey kid deli ham out of the refrigerator with American cheese on toasted brownberry bread. That is a perfectly fine and acceptable and delicious, you know, grilled ham and cheese. Especially sandwich. for nine year old, you know, Kendall oh, sitting man. in front of a of a, you know Batman the animated series. Right, you know what I mean. But then you can have like the. Um, you know, the after Easter sandwich, which is always one of my favorite ham sandwiches. Are you kidding me? So we used to have ham. So so yeah, we would have ham on special occasions. Like a lot of people do, Um, you know, whether it was Christmas, sometimes we had duck, sometimes we had ham, but usually on Easter, we either have ham or lamb. Yeah. Duck was, duck was better on Christmas and and felt more like a Christmas goose. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. You know, we're very just like middle, but you know, Irish you just people, you just but. you just gave me some inspiration there. I think we might might need an episode on the post holiday sandwich. Absolutely, I mean one thousand percent. I mean, because there's the, a lot of different post Thanksgiving sandwich. I mean, well, is, that's its own category. I make Thanksgiving sandwich for the day after Thanksgiving. I'm I make all, Thanksgiving dinner for the day after Thanksgiving. I'd be perfectly happy just hearing somebody tell me that that's the only reason to have Thanksgiving food anymore. Hey. What Except if, for stuffing. What about this? Well, I was just going to say. stuffing. What? Can you make a loaf of bread out of stuffing? You put it in a waffle iron. Beautiful. That's the move. That's gorgeous. Stuffing put pressed into a waffle iron uh, is, is, is a, you brush it with a little bit of like butter. Yeah. Close up that waffle iron and you've got the perfect vehicle for your Thanksgiving gorgeous. sandwich. I tell you what, I'm having stuffing waffles immediately. <laughs> and then you put like some of your, your cranberry sauce like in the little holes. Yeah. It's it's, it's got Gravy all the right the things other about ones. it. Yeah. It's got, and it holds up because it's like a little bit a little, thicker. A little structure, yep. yeah. I mean, I've made a waffle iron like hash browns. Those are really sure. good. Um, I fuck with the waffle iron. I do. I, I, Underutilized tool. Absolutely. Agreed. Absolutely. It's a it's a it's a textured griddle. It's beautiful. It's a panini, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love that. Cool. Nooks and crannies abound. B- believe it. That's texture right there, baby. Um, cool. Uh so what's the best version you've ever had? Set the scene for me. Let's see. Best version of a follow-up question. Who made it? Always somebody else. Definitely. Nobody has ever had the best sandwich in their life that they made themselves. No. It's not happened. Absolutely not. In nope. fact, I would just apply that to meals in general. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, I, a, that's I, a safe bet. Yep. I, can, I, can, I can fucking burn. And I know you obviously can too. But it's always better when it's made for you. 100% of the time. Uh, man, that's a, that's, a, that's a hard question. I mean, I've had a hot brown at the Brown Hotel in Louisville. But that's so, turkey, though, right? Isn't it? Well, you know, you've got the, like the you've got the the bacon, and yeah, I mean, I guess that's turkey. I'm trying to think of like the the best ham. The, I guess I was thinking of best sandwiches, best ham sandwich. I pro- you know what? I know the answer to this one. My mom made it for me when I was like seven. Fuck yes. Home from school, sick, drinking ginger ale, uh, and uh, you know, playing you know Zelda Maybe for some six soup hours because I was allowed to that day. Yeah, yeah, chicken and star soup. Yes, you know, yeah, you, 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 that that's what it was. You know, Patrick, I don't need to think that's about the right it. answer. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Um, kind of related. Uh, if you had to eat one ham sandwich, 
Where in the world would you eat? From where in the world would you eat it? You know, once again, set the scene for me. What's what's going on around it? Uh, let's see. Getting off. I mean, again, having done this, getting off the uh, the metro in uh, downtown Paris. Uh, number one, just because then I'm in downtown Paris. Well, yes, and uh, yeah. you know, so I've already got that going for me. Um, but I mean, you you just immediately feel part of you know. Like a different culture. Pick up a lingerie and just yeah. go get it, basically. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to walk for I mean, literally, you you find seven of them before you tripped out of the you know front entrance. Might be one down in the subway, huh? I mean, definitely. <laughs> Stacked up. You know, they have them like stacked, yeah. pre-made, and they just, you know, send, send you on your way. It's like the, uh, that's how they do the the muffaletta, too, down in, in New Orleans. They mm-hmm. just got them ready Central to go. Central grocery, yep. Absolutely. Um, there's ham on that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ah, man, that's true. There's ham on that. Actually, it is ham. It's it's copa and well, there's what else is on there? Um, yeah, your olive. I mean, you know, I feel I feel like you can kind of go. There's some more on there. Yeah, I'm not a purist when it comes yeah. to a muffaletta, but like you know, I think you want like mortadella. You want ham, which is you there's know, some sausages those, on there. There's yeah, some salami yeah, yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's not just a ham sandwich. Yeah, but there's definitely copa. There's definitely. Um, some salami, some salami, like some cider or something on there. Yeah, um, goddamn, I love a muffaletta. It's great. That bread is so good, and the olive, the olive. Have you ever had a muffaletta? Dough? I have not, dude. Have you ever been to New Orleans? No, it's that's one of my bucket list places. To, bucket list that shit, bro. Yeah, uh, no city like it. Oh, um, for sure. I've heard many, you will many times. The some of the best food you've ever had in America. And I have to go just because the music. I mean, that New Orleans yeah. funk, though. And oh. you know what? There's music oh. everywhere. Everywhere. You're just walking down the street, and there are just people playing music. It's 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 every cliche you've heard about New Orleans is true, um, including the the violence and <laughs> <laughs> and the drunkenness. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the whole the entire city smells like uh, piss and vomit. No, that's the French Quarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the French Quarter. Um, cool. Um, so, drink pairing. Mm. I'm not much of a beer drinker, but a saison actually sounds pretty damn delicious with That's something like that. That's a damn good answer. I like that. I like that. I was thinking like uh, a glass of sherry would go really well sure. with, uh, especially like um, like a cold cut uh, ham sandwich. I just think those those like kind of like. Um, like oxidized flavors just sure. go really well with that. Like, you know, I, I would definitely say I drink more wine than beer for sure. And kind of thinking about it now, like a, a really, you know, like a chilled glass of like wine from like the Jura or something sure. like that yeah. would be yeah. just fine. Something with some oxidation, just, right? Just yeah. fine. Sure. I can I can see that completely. That sounds fantastic to me, actually. Uh, but yeah, I mean, also like a real cold lager, like... Give me yeah. like a nice like like Kronbacher, some sure. you know, something like that with it. That's just about on anything. a hot day. Absolutely. Yep. All right. One more question. Hold on. Let me find my uh my randomizer here. Okay. Random sandwich cast topic. I'm gonna let Dylan pick this one. Any of these here? Any of these here. If this sandwich were a blank, what would it be? Let's go with band. If this sandwich were a popular rock band, what would this who would this sandwich be? A ham and cheese sandwich? Like, are we let's, just say, sandwich? let's just say a basic ham and cheese sandwich. You're, you know, what mama made. Or, you know, the best version of that, the deli sandwich. You know, the Beatles. 
<laughs> I don't know. You know, like they're good. That's another Everybody one likes them. That's uh, another category I had. Which beetle would this? <laughs> yeah. It's not super challenging all no, the time. No. But like there's, you know, there's different like variations of them. But you where can you're get like, fucking psychedelic with oh, it. Oh, yeah. No Just doubt. like the Beatles if yeah, you yeah. want. Yeah. You can, you can um, get wild. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it can't be anything too like cutting edge or too hard or like too new agey. Like it's got to be something that's kind of. And maybe not, I guess not everybody likes the Beatles, but like. Who doesn't? Yeah, they're pretty. They're, they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, Even if you don't think you like to. People say that, they probably don't really know the Beatles because yeah. everybody you like likes the Beatles. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say that I listen to the Beatles very much, but they're, you know, they're just kind of the ubiquitous. You know the words. You know, they come, yeah. like, they come on and you're like, oh, that song bops. And you're like, oh, I just sang all the words that I want to hold your hand without even thinking about why you remember. Were um, remember ninety two point five, the Fox. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were, every Sunday it was they just played the Beatles. It was Beatles Sunday, and it was like you can't you can't escape it, you know. And um, that's a that's a perfect perfect answer because of the ubiquity of a ham sandwich. It's everywhere. And the different versions of the ham sandwich are just, are exactly, you know, you got the uh, mop top ham sandwich. You got the, they all got mustaches ham sandwich. You got the, they're on drugs and they went to India ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try that ham yeah, sandwich. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, you can get deconstruction with, deconstructionist with it. They all did their own individual albums and shit. You can have your charcuterie plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. I love that. Charcuterie Beatles. <laughs> Tied it together. All right. That's beautiful, man. Um, do you have any questions for me? Do you have anything you'd like to add to this? Because this has been beautiful. I've enjoyed this very much. No, this has been wonderful. I, you know, I, I didn't, it was a great opportunity to, to really think about you know, ham sandwiches. Yeah. And like, well, it's important. I really had a lot more feelings and emotions about this than, uh, than I was expecting. Absolutely. Um, That's the thing about it. Know? I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's, um, you know, it's in many ways, it's the water we swim in. You eat sandwiches all the time. How often do you really think about it? You know, um, and you don't realize that there is a lot of culture and a lot of philosophical kind of, um, uh, you know, ingredients, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. kind of packed into in between the, those slices of bread in many ways. And, you know, unpacking it is in many ways the mission of this podcast. And I really appreciate you coming on here and helping us do that for the ham sandwich. Um, it's beautiful, man. You got any uh, anything you want to like uh, plug? You want to tell people about L.A. a little bit where they can find your your stuff? Come see us at uh, L.A. Bakery at 1208 Main Street in uh, downtown Cincinnati at OTR. And uh, yeah, I mean, we we got sandwiches. We started at 11 until we sell out. So get there early. That's beautiful. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, I am Kendall Holmes. This has been Patrick Haig, Dylan Foreman, our producer. I am working on setting up uh, all of our social media. I will get an email set up and all that stuff. Um, so as soon as that's available, uh, check out the feed. It'll be there for you. And I'll start letting you know what that is at the end of this show. Once again, enjoy your sandwiches out there, and thank you for listening.